What up, what up, what up, y'all? It's your boy, the man, Eddie, your name, Ace Five from the Star Five Podcast. And what I need y'all to do right now is hit up the Star Five Podcast.com. And right on that homepage, click that link that says become a patron. Because for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support this show that you love so much. And also, we have other opportunities within our Patreon account to where you can advertise with us for as little as $10 a month, where we'll shout you out every episode or for $20 a month we will give you a separately recorded advertisement promoting whatever you like and for $40 a month you'll get everything that the $20 tier gets you plus you get to produce a segment on our show so make sure you hit up the starfiveshow.com and hit that patreon link now What's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to the Star 5 Podcast. What I need y'all to do now is hit up the starting5podcast.com. That's where you'll be able to find all of our podcast streaming links, our Instagram, our merch link. You can even become a patron right at the front page. And also, you can leave us a voicemail at 929-352-6219, and we'll play your voicemail on the next episode. New episodes released every Thursday at startfiveshow.com. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, the mayor. That DJ named Ace Five, your mom's favorite fat guy from the deepest, darkest Africa, the round mound of the podcast town, that fat black Boudini Brown, a.k.a. Captain Podcast. And I'm here with... Your co-host, your boy, your boy, JP. What up, everyone? Hopefully everyone's having a great, productive week as we roll into a huge, huge sports weekend. Yeah, you know what? We need you to stop saying your ball. You, you, you make it sound terrible. Philadelphia is going to be upset with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be upset with the ball. You're right. <laughs> so, it sounds terrible. It sounds fucking horrendous. <laughs> I got my Philly card revoked, huh? Yeah. Your, uh, your Philadelphia area card, as you like to say. Oh, oh, and by the, by the way, Mayor, before we begin, I meant to tell you this. Guess what's coming to Philly from what I heard this summer? Uh, a restaurant. A restaurant. Okay. A restaurant we always go to when we're in New York. Oh, BBQ's? 
A BBQs is coming to Philadelphia. Uh, pro- expect downtown. That, expect that shit to get shot up eventually. <laughs> not to not to cast no uh no ill will on a fucking venue, but you know. <laughs> Niggas is gonna get shot over some henny wings. Over some henny wings. Shout out to Divine as he called them the the condor wings. Condor wings. Condor wings. Yeah, man. Uh, TJ's a little late today. Uh, You know, got got the trappings of work. So we're just gonna get right into this, man. As we promised, we we're gonna talk about the XFL, but this week we're just going to go through the scores so we can uh, keep everybody up to date because we're going to keep up to date with this league. Again, I'm still happy with what's going on in the league. It's uh, it's still pretty exciting. Um, And one thing, too, that I got to say, because I did get to watch the uh, the Dallas Renegades L.A. Wildcats game, which Dallas won 25-18, the validation by NFL players Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley was on the sidelines at that game because the game was in L.A. And they was at the sideline at the game supporting some friends and former teammates that were playing on the field. A lot of the, uh, they had people on both sides, but they was on the L.A. side because they had a, a couple people uh, that, that they both used to play with that are on the L.A. Wildcats. So I, I thought that was huge for the league to get this validation from two of the top running backs in the NFL. I didn't say the top running backs, but of some of the best running backs in the league. They was their sidelines. There was other players all over the place. You see celebrities and stuff all, all throughout the thing. I, I think this league is going to last for a little while. I definitely do. But once again, Dallas Renegades beat the LA Wildcats 25-18. to 18. Seattle Battlehawks beat uh lost to the Houston Roughnecks 28-24. Yeah, the kid the, the kid that's uh playing quarterback for Houston JP. The, mm-hmm. the boy is serious. The boy is serious. What's his name? Uh let me get his name for you. I think it's PJ Walker. Yes. I know exactly who you're talking about. From Elizabeth, New Jersey, great high school quarterback, went on to Temple, had a great career at Temple. They were actually talking about him getting an NFL tryout with an NFL team when he came out. He had a great career, great college career at Temple. They were some of their best seasons they ever had there. Yeah, well, what he's doing in the XFL right now, he just he threw for uh, 20 for 31, 170 yards, three touchdowns. Averaged uh, 5.5 yards in attempt, uh, no interceptions. The the kid, I mean, and if they go, they're going off a, of, uh, I guess NFL style QB rating. He finished the game with a 111, so he's not not that bad. Ran for 27 yards, but uh, as I've seen this kid play so far, this kid is good, and I, I couldn't we we could expect him to get a call from an NFL team eventually. I I believe so. Um, we have next up the Tampa Bay Vipers losing to the Seattle Dragons 17 to 9. And then my New York Guardians get stomped out by the DC Defenders 27 nothing. That defense that looked crazy against that Vipers team got blown out by Cardell Jones and them. And yeah, man, again, I'm I'm happy with what's going on in the league. I think this league will stick around for a while. If if um 
Oh, you know what I did hear? I did hear that Philadelphia, somebody in Philadelphia has applied for an XFL to, to host an XFL team. What do you think about that if if that comes along? I might, I Why might, didn't, I might have to switch allegiances. <laughs> Why didn't Philadelphia have a team as it was? Because Philadelphia is a huge football town, as you know. I don't understand why they didn't pick what that's one of the cities picked anyway. Yeah, true indeed, but maybe maybe uh maybe this go around it just had to do with uh venues. You know, like I mean Houston, I I don't remember I don't know where Houston's playing. I I'm not sure if they're playing uh where the Texans play. Uh the Wildcats, they look like they was playing in like a soccer stadium. Uh I'm not sure where Dallas plays. We all know the Guardians play um where, you know, in Met in MetLife. Uh, haven't seen Tampa at home yet, so I don't know where they're playing. Um, Seattle. I, I'm. I, I again. I gotta put more research. I think Seattle's even. playing playing at the um, actually at the at the Seahawks football field. Okay. I saw Uncle. I saw Uncle Rod. He was actually working security there. He had a picture oh, of himself. That's dope. Working That's security. Dope. Shout out. Shout yeah. out to Rodney, a uh, former singing guest on the show, AKA who would wake you. Who try to wake your ass up at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning with the calls? That's why my call ringer is off. Yep, yep, yep. He ain't trying to call me like that because I'd never. My phone stays on airplane mode until it's time to wake up for work. So, <laughs> nigga would never got through. But um, but yeah, man. I mean, maybe it has to do with like venues and shit like that. Cause like Seattle. I mean, not Seattle, St. Louis. They got a wide open venue because they they lost their team a couple years ago. You know, so it's maybe may, maybe more teams will expand and come along in the near but, future, but we'll see. But the, you know, because venue costs is a, venue costs is a thing. But Dan, here's the thing, though: you have a lot of venues in Philadelphia. Um, I'm not sure. Sorry, soccer season hasn't started yet, so you can use the Union's Field out by Chester, Pennsylvania. You can always use the University of Pennsylvania, where um, they have the prestigious pen relays every year. You can use their field. I don't think nothing's going on at the link. You could always use the link. So, I mean, there are facilities that they could actually use. Yeah, but facility costs is a thing also. That's that's what I'm saying. Facility costs is a thing. Because it's like, like True. I, True. I forgot who was saying it recently, but, like, you know, the Guardians playing in MetLife. They're not going to sell that stadium out in no time soon. But, I mean, if you if you if use, if they are using, like, the full capabilities of the stadium, there's a lot of benefits that you get. In being in that stadium, like I mentioned before, I got to go to a preseason game. Though it was a preseason game, we had coaches club tickets. And with the coaches club tickets, you get access to like the whole buffet and food station that's underneath the uh, underneath like the first like 200 rows of the stadium. You get you get access to a lot of that. But, you know, some people were saying and even myself, maybe the maybe the Guardians should have used the Red Bull Stadium. A little, a little smaller. It is a soccer stadium, but it is a, a little smaller, and you might be able to fill it and pack it out and and get your money like that. Especially at the 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 fair and f- family friendly ticket prices that uh, these games are going for. Like, I, yeah, I, it, it would have been a good thing maybe if they put them in the Red Bull Stadium. But MetLife is, I mean, MetLife. Why not? <laughs> if they're giving you access to it. And the teams can afford it. Why the hell not? I'm I'm not mad at that at all, JB. Yeah, I definitely understand um, 
where you're coming from. And, you know, like you said, the food would be a given, the ticket prices, family, family, um, I guess it's like family days, looking out for the families and stuff. It's actually a good idea. Yep, yep, it definitely is, man. It definitely is. So I, I definitely plan on checking out. I told the wife a couple of days ago, yeah, we need to go check it out. Uh, we might have to go check out a game or two because you know tickets are only twenty dollars. So why the fuck not? Like, you know, get I that think buffet we, and get that and get that buffet. Well, in too. if they if they offer that, then I'll pay for those ticket prices because uh, I tell you the coaches club stuff is worth it when it came to the NFL thing. So it definitely was worth it, man. Definitely was worth it. But enough of the XFL. Let's get our political talk out of the way this week. <laughs> and this week, man, it comes it comes by way of a thread that I started on Facebook not too long ago, maybe just a couple of days ago. And it it was just um like it, it it was a thread that came about because I've been annoyed in seeing people go back and forth, back and forth about these candidates. Like tonight, as we record, the, the Democratic debates are going on. I tried to check out a little bit of it before uh, we showtime, and it just sounded like Petty Fest 2020. Like, they just was going back and forth, giving slight jabs that were not even slight. It was wide open jabs, like just dumbass. Like, it, it, it literally was just like, why am I watching this shit? This is just supposed, this is literally now just entertainment television. It ain't even like, you know, it, it didn't even feel like a true political conversation. It was just one person bashing the other person bashing the other person. It felt like being on Facebook or Twitter for the day. But I had asked on my Facebook page, Bloomberg, fucked up, fucked up political past. Biden, dumb. Bernie is the way to go, but y'all still saying he's too old. So who are y'all going to vote for? And I put hashtag Democrats. Going to fuck this up again. Electoral college needs to go. Because that's my opinion. The electoral college needs to go. But, JP, I mean, all this infighting amongst people who... It, you know, realistically, bottom line is, is they no, they can't stand Trump. They can't stand Trump. They want Trump out of office. But yet. People who are in air quotes, I'm saying supporting the Democratic Party, they seem to not be able to put their foot behind somebody solid. Like I know a lot of people that I, I see are going or have been pro Bernie you know, or even Elizabeth Warren, but more of these days has been more pro Bernie. And I'm pro Bernie, though I run independent, but I'm pro Bernie myself because he should have won the first go around, but the Democratic Party doesn't want him because his plans and ideas and actions that are set to uh, help the American people would also affect those same rich motherfuckers that are in the Democratic Party. So I think that's part of the reason why they see him as a threat. And then Michael Bloomberg, you know, former, former New York City mayor that at the time, I didn't truly have a problem with him much as a mayor. He had his mistakes, you know. Stop and frisk is the biggest mistake. It definitely disproportionately uh, targeted blacks and Latinos and other people of color. That is statistical facts. You know, no, no rumors being spread about it right now. Um, but 
I mean, as a city employee, I got a good contract under Mike Bloomberg, part due when he was on his way out. Um, you know, he fa- he figured out his, you know, he figured out a way to uh, get a third term out of it. Um, but then again, you got Joe Biden, who's just looking like a fool. You know, Elizabeth Warren would probably be my next choice because the people like Andrew Yang is out the door. And then you got Buttigieg, which I'm just not familiar with. JP, this whole thing is just a mess. But also, too, I want you to answer this question besides making a comment on all of that. Yes, you want Trump to lose. You also have a big pile of mess when it comes to these political candidates. And everybody's hanging their hats on shit that they have done in the past. They want people to come out and talk about what people think are the mistakes that they made. Many of them have. Michael Bloomberg recently, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm for him. I said who I'm for already. But Michael Bloomberg has been almost doing an apology tour via his advertisements on TV. It's literally like, why can't you say I'm sorry? Yeah, man. Um, one of the things about Bloomberg is, man, any black person who thinks about voting for this fool is crazy. I see. I saw Bobby Rush. Um, Shouts to, of course, Brother Brett Wells who sent me the article. Bobby Rush actually endorsed Bloomberg. And Bobby Rush was one of the original leaders of the Black Panther Party in Chicago, and along with Fred Hampton. And he was a good friend of Fred Hampton's. And I know Fred Hampton has to be turning over in his grave, seeing that this man is is that he endorsed is for everything that you all were supposedly against when you were younger. And I see all these commercials that Bloomberg's running on black radio and everything like that there. You know, they're not fooling. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool the people all the time. And I'm not fooled by him. Stop and frisk, redlining districts. Um also, the schools, what he's done with the public schools, destroyed the public schools in New York City. Stuff like that there. I mean, hey, people talk about Trump being the lesser of the two evils. They're on the same playing field as far as I'm concerned. Just one's a Democrat, the other one's a Republican. Right, well, Bloomberg has been a flip-flopper because when he got in as mayor, I think first he was uh, independent. No, he was trying mm-hmm. to run independent, came in as Republican, and then flipped to independent because that's what he truly was. And then, uh, like, now he flipped to Democrat because that's the way to get in. That was the ticket path to get in. Just like Trump did. Trump was always a Democrat, but to get in into the race, he flipped Republican. So who, what makes you think that, that Bloomberg's like with a flip-flop when he gets in office? We can't be playing around here with politics with these flip-flopping politicians and stuff, man. And like you said, to me, there's only one candidate in my opinion. Well, actually, Elizabeth Warren, I like some of the stuff she does. But outside of that there, as you said, there's only one candidate. I want to hear about the man's age and none of that stuff there. He keeps himself in damn good shape. Trump is old, too. Mm-hmm. But the person that I'm voting for, that I want to see represent this party, is you better feel the burn. Yeah, true indeed. True indeed. Now, TJ, you finally here with us? Yeah, yeah. What's up? What's up? What's going on, man? I know you had what to help. Up, what up? I know you just had that hellish commute to get here, but uh, but yeah, man. We all we we getting the political talk out of the way, and I see, I the, see. The, the the two points was again, 
the, the it's it's not just the Democratic Party. It's the I would say I put it like the fan base. They're the mm. ones that are making this thing look bad because, as we know, we got a lot of friends who talk politics, and we're not, um, you know, we're not, uh, uh, you know, casting no uh, ill will or no negative words against them. But it's just like when you scroll up and down your timeline, it's like this person did this back in 1975. This person did this in 1985. This person did this in 2000. This person did that in 2000. Oh, yeah, I don't want to hear those apologies now, this, that, and the third. And it's like, can a person grow? Can a person evolve over time and see the errors in their ways? And then, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely, though. And and that to me that's part been part of the problem. So again, how have you how have you been feeling about all this, as I'll call it right now, democratic infighting, over who should be the person that that should be up next? And again, why why when it comes to politics, that seems like the one area right now in America where if a politician comes up says and apologizes for the wrongs that they've recognized that they've done. Like how, you know, they're not in position yet to even right some of the wrongs. Mm-hmm. How, you know, what do we do more than taking them at face value? Well, actions speak louder than words, first and foremost. I mean, they have to back it up by, by their actions. Um, but the democratic infighting, uh, it just goes to show that they're not about what the people want and who the people see fit as who who they want to represent them in this upcoming election is ridiculous how they're going back and forth with this basic infighting it's 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 the the people the majority of people are, are leaning towards bernie i like the guy and everybody's talking about bernie's age joe biden is only a year younger than bernie bernie's 78 biden's 77 trump is like 72 it's not an age thing at this point all right if you really want to talk about age i mean Obama was like one of the youngest presidents in office at the time, and nobody's close to his age. So that's got nothing to do with it at this point. Everybody's in the same age group range. What's really pissing me off about the whole thing is that they're disparaging each other instead of coming together as one common team to get this man out of office. And it's going to bite them in the ass again like it did they did four years ago. When they just assumed anybody could get up there and run and run them out of office, and we looked stupid and we had egg on our face at the end of the day, so that that pisses me off. In terms of the second part of your question, in terms of you know, yes, a lot of these dudes made mistakes in their past or transgressions, but what have they done? What have they done to make up for those mistakes? Are they doing something to make up those mistakes? And is it just talk or to to get into office or are they, you know, you got to follow their policies and see if they actually have made change. Right. So, so, so in terms of this is like a show me, you know, type of deal. You got to show me what you're capable of. Are you going to stand, you know, stand by what you said you've done? Have you changed? I mean, nobody stays the same. So, I mean, obviously, they, as an individual, they change, but have they backed it up politically? I mean, you could talk and say, hey, you know, there's mad Republicans who don't agree with Trump's ideals or anything like that, but they ain't changing. 
Right. You know like what I'm they saying? Just run, those people just run with him because they stay within party lines no matter what. Right. It's a, it's a right. sense of loyalty that it's a stupid sense of loyalty in my opinion, but... Is it loyalty or is it fear? Nah, I you think know what I'm saying? I think it's, it's, a, it's not a loyalty to the man. It's a loyalty to the party and their ideals because as I've always thought... They feel like if they stay on his good side, guess what? They can get whatever they want out of the circus clown. Right, but I don't see them. I don't see the guys who are really riding with him getting what they want at the end of the day, and it's really hurting their their constituents, their their what they stand well, for. Well, when we're talking, I'm talking about the politicians. I'm not talking okay. about the people in the street because the people right. in the the people in the streets, the ones that voted him. They, I mean, the only thing paying that, the price. Yeah, in in some respects, they are. The only thing that they can say is, is oh, my paycheck went up a couple dollars because of the tax plan. Yeah, but then you get hit on the back end. You get hit. They on, don't. They don't get hit on the back end. Right. Yeah, it's a long game. So, I mean, I understand that part, and, and definitely they're riding hard for the party. They're definitely unison in that. I wish we would get our act together. As Democrats, that's why that's one of the reasons why I left the party a few years back, more than a few years back, because of the just the infighting, the bullshit, the no original ideas. I'm glad we got fresh minds and mouths in the party that can actually speak up. I mean, nobody wants to move with the paradigm shift that there's a younger generation coming into these offices and they're holding on and grasping on for dear life to not let these seats go because they want to be there another five, 10 or whatever until they die. Some of them, you know what I'm saying? That's what they're holding on to. So, uh, I mean, like you said in, in the show a couple of weeks ago, they need to end these term limits for these, uh, for these seats and have like an age, uh, an age limit. You know, there's no reason, you know, yeah, you're 77. That's great. But you can't relate to the 22 year old. You, you can't relate to the, the, the 18 or 19-year-old that's coming up. You can't relate to even the 30-year-old in some cases. Um, the, the, I don't know how Bernie did it. I mean, I give him props. He has a great team around him to have him relate to the youth, and that's what he has in his back pocket, and that's what the Democrats are afraid of. They they can't outrun the youth. The, the, the numbers are on their side. So And I think that's why he's going to win at the end of the day because they're just going to force him to – uh, be the main man when it comes to primary time. So I hope it plays out that way. But uh, it's probably going to get uglier before it gets to the end of the finish line here. So yeah, yeah, uh, shit ain't gonna look good. And this is this is unfortunately is going to go down. I, I think it's going to go down as another Trump victory. In my opinion. I wouldn't doubt that. I, I, I mean, the way I see it right now, he, he it's a cakewalk for him right now. Yeah. He's just gonna slide up in there, no problem. You know what I'm saying? Even with all the bullshit he's he's done or got away with. So I mean, there's enough cognitive dissonance going around for the people that voted for him to let that shit just run off. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. I don't I don't see that being an issue. Yeah. Well. Oh well. I I I just think that again, what people need to do, especially these democratic fans stop the infighting of like your friends and family that are in the states that you live in because okay yeah you might have voted one way and it didn't go the way you wanted but um yeah like a state like new york what's the point of 
you know, throwing shade at somebody who didn't vote Republican nor Democrat, who, you know, people thought before was, oh, we, you know, you, you guys split the vote, you guys split. No, the Democratic Party won New York State, New York State by the Electoral College. And by a large margin. And, and, and that's the part that needs to be fixed. That's the part that needs to be fixed. Y'all need to be yelling at these people in the little redneck West Bubba fuck states that aren't going the way you want. Those are the people that you need to yell at. Not a person. I would say nobody yelled at me because, you know, I'm going to let you have it back. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Anyway, let's move on. JP, All-Star Weekend. TJ, we're getting into All-Star Weekend. Um, yes, yes. First, first and foremost, let's go through the highlights. What was your highlight for All-Star Weekend? TJ, you can go first. The actual All-Star game was the highlight for me. Um, the way it picked up in the last two quarters of the game was very competitive. I mean, nobody wants to see the game end on a free throw shot. I mean, maybe they can work something around that part, but I definitely love the way the format was uh, scheduled out. Um, it, it made for a somewhat a competitive game uh, in the early first and second quarters because both teams uh, got $100,000 for each of their charities, which I thought that was cool. And to end up in a tie in the fourth quarter, in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, or whatever it was, for them to play on the, the third quarter. It was the third, the third quarter. quarter. The third quarter. Yeah, got the for tie. them. Yeah. Right. For them to play for all the money in the fourth, that was dope. And you could see the guys really crying about foul calls and and really playing hard on defense. Like I said, nobody wants to see it end on a on a free throw, but in terms of the entire game, it was very entertaining and uh I I liked the format. I I had problems with it before it was instituted, but now after watching it play out and see how hard these guys was playing, I liked that and nobody got hurt. I mean, they were playing hard, but they weren't playing like they said playoff basketball. It was just good physical play. I like that. The dunk contest, uh, I think my man Aaron Gordon got robbed once again. Um, but, I mean, that that was just the politics of that contest. They need to clean that up as well. We're talking You're high right. We're talking high points right now, so don't go, don't okay. go rambling on. <laughs> I, I'm going to ride with you and say that, yes, the All-Star game itself was the highlight of the weekend, in my opinion, because the format. The format was was the 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 game changer that the NBA needed. It, it definitely was. Like you said, they played for something in each quarter. They played for something in each quarter. This one time, you know, Team LeBron won, which they had to pull off from a nine point deficit going into that fourth uh, with the target score idea. Shout outs to Ice Cube in the big three with the target score. <laughs> you know, he's out there talking about he wants his props for that, which he deserves. But um, but yeah, the target score idea of 24, along with them naming the MVP trophy, the Kobe Bryant All-Star Game MVP trophy, run with this now in a permanent honor to Kobe Bryant, 24 points for the last quarter uh the charity idea was excellent and they should like i said they should run with this now and do this for every city 
Do this yes. for every city. Give something and, to an educational fund. Something, again, something more than your typical Boys and Girls Clubs, Salvation Armies, those places where you we don't truly see where the money goes. Use it for local charities that really need the money. And so the fact that, and two, the fact that the winning charity got that card too, like, that's big. Now, hopefully, yeah. no directors abuse that power of the car and all that. They use it for good. But things like that is 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 the highlight. JP, what's your highlight on the weekend? Oh man, I would definitely say the um, the game and the slam dunk contest. Yeah, um, those were my two two highlights of the weekend. But especially the game, especially as TJ said, the second half they were going at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean they were. I mean they were taking charge. Kyle Lowry took like three charges in a row. They were. Pickering at the refs, barking at the refs. There was no layups going in. I see fat, hard fouls. They were going in. And it was um, a tribute. And, and I'm going to tell you another thing, too, like about All-Star Weekend. The tribute to Kobe Bryant was very nice. Um, it was it was Commons. I thought Common did a good job with the introduction Com- of the players. Common did, Common did a great job. I, I like that. Job. I like. I forgot to mention that, too, man. Like, like he, you know, if you know Common, you know off the top, with the off top freestyles, he's nice. He's one of the he's one of the best yeah. around, and you could yeah. tell that he was kind of going off top because he's there pulling words out the sky, trying to make shit rhyme with Antetokounmpo and Doncic and <laughs> and and Nikola Jokic. Like he didn't pronounce his name properly, but he got the joint right. Like that was dope, JP. Yeah, it was, and also not only to tribute to Kobe Bryant. But also, I mean, man, there was a lot of tributes this weekend to um, our good friend Jeff Wilson, who's been on our show, to, um, to his brother Benji, Benji, Benji Wilson, this weekend as well. He got a lot of love out there at All-Star Weekend in Chicago. Yeah, but those, those shout-outs to Jeff as always. Man. Those were the side events, though, right? Not in... Uh... Well, no, nah, the comment actually did it during um No, I know. He, he, shouted, he shouted out Benji. I didn't hear him. Yeah. And they actually showed his picture too um, when when he did the shout out as well when they did when he did the um, thing before the All Star game I mean during the All Star game you know right, right before right, he right. did the introductions and right. he showed the picture and stuff but yeah they did a lot of side events for Benji as well it was so you know it was good to see him get his his due as as a shy town legend that he is but um on to, to, to the game itself though um, it was a great game man it was it was a really great game. Chris Paul actually played. Who see who knew Chris Paul had ups like that? <laughs> you know, with the oh, word with the with the alley oop. Yeah, who, he caught who, that. Who knew James Harden had defense? <laughs> well, all these guys showed they could play. Kawhi showed out. Of course, the king he showed out at the end. Um, ben Simmons he Ben Simmons played very well. Joel Embiid actually did the dream shake on LeBron. Yeah, we need that. to see that in the game, Joel. <laughs> We're not gonna go there right now. We're yeah. not gonna go there right now. Oh, but I want what I want to say real quick. What I did like at the end of the, at the fourth quarter, there was no running clock, so that game lasted yes. much yes. longer than it would have if they just had timed it, because they didn't know when to t- call timeouts because they had no running clock, and you can see the guys getting gassed the longer it took to get to that twenty-four point mark. So I, I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. I noticed that too, but uh, it was a great. It was a, overall, man. 
it was just a great weekend. And the city of Chicago should be proud of themselves. The way they they did this event, there was no problems that I know of at the at these events or anything like that. There, people were well behaved, and um, the games were very good. The only robbery, like I said, was a slam dunk contest. We never see somebody throw the ball off the side of the backboard and do a three sixty three sixty dunk. You never, never saw nobody. That. You never saw nobody get five fifties in a row either. So exactly, and and, and that's and, my that's my negative on the weekend was the dunk contest, and here's why: because the winner, Derek Jones, every single dunk that that man did was he threw the ball he he pulled the ball between his legs, and dunked. Yep. It. Every yep. single dunk was just a different variation of the same thing. Uh, you know, people thought Aaron uh, was Aaron Gordon got robbed off a Duncan over Taco Fall. Look at the dunk again. He damn near if Taco didn't have his head down, he was gonna hit full Arabian goggle Taco Fall. And he, what he did was he 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 also pushed off the shoulders, and you know because again, good thing Taco Fall had his head down. Because his his whole crotch rubbed against his head, against his shoulders, and everything, and with the little extra push off was how he was able to get. Like he almost sat on Taco Fall's head, and then made the dunk. I, I disagree with that. I mean, even if he did, even if he did, like um, he, he didn't clear. He did the dunk, but, but he but didn't hold clear. On, hold on, him. hold on. Even if he did put his head down a little bit. That man is seven foot six, so we'll take three inches off that. And still jumping over a seven foot three basketball player, which is which is amazing. He he didn't clear the dunk. And no, excuse me, sidebar, I wasn't shaking my head at y'all. I'm watching a clip off of AEW, which I'm mad I didn't watch it instead of watching this stupid debate. And Cody Rhodes did this ill moonsault off the top of a cage. Mm. On MJF. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm more impressed with this clip right here than the dunk contest itself. I, I thought the dunk contest could have been better. Um, I'm going to pass it around to y'all for the negatives in a second. But I, I just to sound off on the dunk contest one more time, the NBA needs to stop playing games and start inviting some of these freestyle dunkers that you see on YouTube and other places mm. and start inviting these kids to the dunk contest, run tournaments throughout the year or something where one person gets invited to dunk. It's not saying that they're going to get a contract in the league or play in the league. None of that shit. It's just give them an opportunity to be in there to give to bring some excitement to this dunk contest because that's the one thing that yeah this year brought it, it was some excitement because of the air quotes robbery you know uh everybody wasn't making wasn't taking five to ten different chances at, at making the dunks like everybody was kind of hitting their dunks on the first try you know so that that was a good thing but i i thought the dunk contest itself was weak. That was my that was my one low for the the weekend. Um, JP, you mentioned your low already, right? Well, um, TJ, what was your low on the weekend? Um, the beginning, like you said, the beginning of the dunk contest was was kind of boring, and they definitely need to do something to uh, sp- spice it up. I am not mad with that idea of getting one of these dudes who are professional dunkers to go against some of these NBA dudes. I think that would bring 
a definitely a level of excitement. You know, these guys are going to try to use excuses. Oh, well, he's not in the league. I play every every night and all this other BS. And uh, I like that idea. Um, the three point contest was exciting. Um, the skills challenge. Eh, I mean, I don't know if that's necessary. I liked, uh, I liked it. That that part liked I liked. It? Yeah, that part I liked. Right. They, it was it was you know what it is. What makes it fun is is again watching the big men sometimes go up against the little guy, right. and then right. also also too is that making that three pointer at the end, where that can that's what will make a That'd break. Make a break. Yeah. yeah. So you could have the yeah. ill lead, and you're constantly throwing up bricks, throwing up bricks while the other dude comes back down. Bong. Didn't Jason Tatum do that? I think last year a couple times, and when yeah. he won it. Yeah, no, Dinwiddie won it last year. You and sure? he, he, yeah, I know Tatum Dinwiddie, won it. It must have been two Tatum, years ago. It must have been the year before, but Dinwiddie won it last year, and uh, he got knocked out, like, in the first first round or something like I that. He got Tatum knocked did out. too. He, he got knocked out early. And, um, I mean, overall, it was it was a solid weekend for the NBA. Like JP said, Chicago did a real good job. You didn't hear no outlandish violence, like, 200 people getting shot, nothing ridiculous like that. So um, I thought that was good. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the second half plays out with all these teams looking to get positioning for playoff spots. Um, I mean, the NBA, if they if they can do what they did with the format for the for the All Star Game and and carry that over to like the slam dunk contest and maybe. Even the even the 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 world versus the USA was 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 pretty good until it got out of hand, and then the last ten minutes of the game or the last five minutes of the game it became a, a dunk contest with all the rookies and first and first year players, second year players. So I thought that was all right. Um, they might want to change the format for that to make it a little bit more competitive as well. But overall, you know, the NBA gets a. a a minus B plus for me in terms of how the whole weekend went played out. Yeah, we're gonna give letter scores. JP, you give your letter score next. I uh, because of the game alone, it gets a solid A. Because just because of the game and the format alone, it gets an A for me. The whole weekend, it seemed like it was a dope, you know, event free. You know, and, and again, I'm talking extracurricular event free type of weekend. And that format, Adam Silver, keep it. You get an A from me, JP. Um, across the board, it gets an A from me, man. Definitely. I like everything they've did. The NBA shows, once again, why they're in the forefront of the transformation of sports, knowing the cutting edge of it. Yep. Agreed. And with that being said, we're going to take this quick break, and we got two topics left for y'all. Stay tuned. This is the Starfire Podcast. Check them out as new episodes are released every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the StartingFivePodcast.com. Thank y'all for rocking out with us. As always, this is the Starting Five. Now, because we couldn't do this last week, <laughs> we're finally going to give our take on this Gail King situation. We all know by now everything's played out. Apologies have been given back and forth and, you know, 
the air quotes death threats because you know any celebrity anything any celebrity that uh goes through something has gets death threats all of a sudden you know that's the the the, the normal cry for sympathy when you're getting jumped on after for after doing something foolish um now again this all spawned from her conversation with Lisa Leslie interview um on CBS where CBS chose to run with on their internet advertising of the of the uh the video clip where they ran with the question that Gail when she was talking about uh Kobe Bryant's sexual assault case. Um in my opinion, she unfairly unfairly put Lisa Leslie into a corner. And there was some select things that made me feel why Gail was dead wrong in the situation. Now, a lot of people were saying she was wrong for asking the question. We asked that question when we well, we didn't ask no question. We brought the situation up on this podcast when we did our Kobe Bryant tribute. Why did we bring it up? Because it was a part of the man's life. It was an unfortunate part of the life, but it was a part of his life. But we didn't bring it up where, like how Gail did, where Gail tried to paint Lisa in the corner of, well, you couldn't have seen it. You couldn't have seen that side of him because you were his friend. Kind of insinuating that, well, because you were his friend, a very good friend at that, in some respects kind of saying that Lisa Leslie was covering it up or would cover it up and not, you know, put no, you know, cast, throw no shade at her friend that just passed away. That was the problem that I had in the discussion. And that problem there is why I had no problems with anybody throwing venom in her way. I also had no problems with people, you know, even though I generally don't like the whole comparison thing, but I had no problems with people comparing this time because of Gail and her best friend Oprah's track record on who they th- who they have been trying to bring down over the years, especially when it comes towards sexual assault. The track record is there. I don't need to mention names. Everybody knows the names by now. So in my opinion, the verbal backlash was warranted. Death threats is never warranted. I'm sure she actually and legitimately did get some, which is terrible. But also to what Snoop said, because that's what really set off the outrage afterwards. I don't I don't one I don't think Snoop called the dogs on her quote unquote it was kind of like a warning in a way saying you know don't be surprised if people try to come at you over this because it was so fresh that people were still hurt but then he came back out and apologized which I have no problem with I had no problem with the apology because sometimes you come out fresh and hot-headed that you don't feel like you've thought properly. Even though the funky dog head bitch line, I mean, that's forever stamped in history. So it is what it is. So JP, 
you first. What what was your take on this whole situation? Um, and I think it was. I didn't agree with exactly with what Gail King was doing, was saying or doing. I think the whole thing was overblown. Initially, when Snoop made his statements, I was like, "Yeah, I agree with him." But then, when I started listening to Venom and and stuff that he had, I was like, "It's not a good look," you know, especially going towards an elder who's sixty five years old, you know, a black woman, you know. Um, we should have the same Venom towards people like George Zimmerman or or somebody like that there or some of these racist fools running around here from your Rush Limbaugh's to whoever. We should have that same venom towards them instead of taking it out on a 65-year-old black woman who I didn't agree with about the whole Kobe thing. Kobe, you know, was gone. He, um, to me, in my opinion, it's obvious he had nothing. He didn't do, he didn't commit the crime that they said he did. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I just... They had just, twenty just, years to. They had twenty plus years to to really talk about that. Exactly, exactly. So um, I thought as though the timing was wrong for her to ask Lisa Leslie them questions. Although Lisa Leslie handled it with grace and said, oh, told handled, her straight up. She handled told her it straight. Perfect. She handled it perfectly. You know, um, I think Snoop was very emotional, knowing that him and Kobe were tight. You know, when somebody comes out, won't well, get your boy. I understand that, but like I said, at the same time, no. Gail was a sixty-five-year-old, um, um, you know, black woman. We gotta understand that she's from a different generation. And um, another thing too, um, it, I thought it was just ridiculous, even for what's her name, Kamala Harris. Was that not 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 Kamala Harris? Um, the other one that was that was in um, Obama's cabinet talking about some. Yeah, you don't want it. You know, you don't want a war with us. It's like, come on, man, just stop, just stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But on, but on your point though, when you mentioned, because this is the one thing that most black folks is mentioning. Uh, oh, I wish we had the same venom from for for George Zimmerman or all these other hot guys. Like, we've had the same venom for these people. We've had the same venom for these people. So that to say that to me is invalid because we've consistently had the same venom for those people throughout you know throughout our knowledge of many of these people problem is and and you know i've mentioned this before too is that a lot of times we are critical towards our own people because we want to see our people do better or we call wrong to our people doing better and, and, and try to help them get better you understand what I'm saying? And, and yeah, a lot of people really just ran off of the emotions of everything because it was still fresh. It was still fresh. And, TJ, like, I, I found it silly that Gail tried to throw the whole blame back on CBS like this was their fault. Like, no, you are an $11 million a year news anchor or, or reporter or whatever you want to call yourself, whatever the title is, but... You have the power to have not made that question even come out of your mouth or leave the cutting room floor. So here's my take, right? 
she definitely has final say of whatever project or interview she's putting out there just because she's earned it and uh, she's worked that hard for it. So to say she didn't know how it was going to look or the or the mechanics of how it was going to come out, that's pure BS. She was just covering herself. And that's what you got to do when, when people perceive the interview as they did. So she was doing a CYA move and covering her ass, all right? My thing is I got a little bit upset about people sensationalizing how upset they were over the interview and the questioning instead of just being like, listen, because it, it got out of hand. Like you said, with the death threats and the name calling, that got that, that was unnecessary. All right. We can we can criticize people without going to the nth degree about it. So, yes, Lisa, Lisa Leslie handled it like a champ. And when she questioned him, when she questioned her about saying she was too close, let's not forget her and Oprah both knew Harvey Weinstein. You can't tell me they weren't too close to know what the hell he was doing or what he was about. Facts. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? And that there is a valid comparison, in my opinion. People try to say, oh, no, when it comes to that one. But no, that there is a valid one because we're talking about a man who is still currently having his case deliberated over. So who's been who's been legitimately charged and stuff. Ben, Ben. Been he it's and, all facts and it's still alive, right? So she played herself with that. And if Leslie, if Lisa came back at her with like that, I, I would love to see how that conversation would have went. Um, but she was sticking up for Kobe and uh, not trying to tarnish the man's legacy. Like she said, she only going by what she knew and how. And and it, they act like the man, like you said, people forget that people change. This man, after, after that incident, he had been nothing but forefront about women, women's issues, women's rights, women's movements. He was single-handedly with his daughter promoting the WNBA to another level, getting them better salaries, the whole nine yards. Now, that just goes under the underwater, under the bridge for something he did 20 years ago. So, you know, what are That's... we sending people to jail for if they can't be, re, you know— Rematriculated back into the system to be, you know, uh, upstanding citizens again after they paid their dues. The man paid his dues mm-hmm. publicly, and God knows he paid that shit privately yep. because, you know, Vanessa was in his ass. So remember I mean, the four million dollar ring. Yeah, I mean that was well stated and documented, and mm-hmm. dudes behind the scenes was like Kobe was a different person after that. Yep. So I mean, he had to change. He t- motherfucker changed his number. You know what I'm saying? He reinvented himself into a better person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for her to be like, yo, you know, you really couldn't see the forest from the trees because you were his friend. Come on, man. That that what was you, the where, hugest slap in the face. Where, about where are you going with this? Mm-hmm. Like, you could see you could see the uh, you could see Lisa Leslie's face like change when she asked her that question. She's like, bitch, where are you going with this? Like, mm-hmm. I already stated that. Mm-hmm. But like I said in my original statement, you and Oprah were very good friends with Harvey Weinstein. All right. And you're going to mean to tell me you didn't know what this man was doing behind the scenes. You had no clue, no idea. There was other black actresses that said what the issues were. You knew plenty of them that didn't get back to you. Y'all all talk. Really, really. And then you got the nerve to get it, you know, 
upset or try to defend yourself after the fact that somebody's coming at you for your inappropriate questions, not less than a week before after the man's dead. Come on, man. Right. Yes. Is it part of his legacy? Yes. Is he infallible? No. We all got bones in the closet. You know what I'm saying? And they all can be answered in a respectful or they all can be brought out in a respectful way in terms of how the question is being approached and asked. And she did none of that in that interview. Yep. It's totally wrong. Yep. Totally and, wrong. And again, again, my opinion, the Harvey Weinstein bringing that up and throwing that in their faces is totally valid. But we got to remember, they're not going to bite that hand that feeds him because he was a major player in their field of television, filmmaking. He was a major player there. But Russell, after Russell Oprah Simmons got, isn't a major after player Oprah, there. Oprah Michael Jackson was to, a major player there. You understand right, what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, but Oprah's got big enough to she could weather that storm if he came after her. Right, but his storm was still much bigger than hers. I mean, I don't. I mean, if if Oprah really wanted to get at Harvey Weinstein, she should have she should have rallied them women to go get him to go after him. She should be like, I got your back. Mm-hmm. If she did that. Yo, if she did that, her this presence would, be a would have totally been a, different. She'd be on Mount Rushmore with that. You understand she, what I'm saying? She could, she could legitimately run for president as people wanted her to at one point in time. If she gathered all those women up to come after Harvey like that, and she was like, "Yo, listen, I got you. You know, don't be afraid. This is what we're gonna do. This whole Me Too movement is gonna be rocketed to the next level. Let's do it." She didn't do any of that. No, nope. she didn't back none of the, none of these chicks. She didn't come. No, I mean, over all all this Oprah behind the scenes business, but she ain't even do nothing behind the scenes. Like, nope. come on, man. But Michael, Gail either. But Michael Jackson. So, Michael Jackson was a bigger fish to fry. Who was deceased? Russell Russell Simmons, who left the country. You know, you left the country, so it's easier to say what you want about him over here, because you know who knows if he's paying attention to what's going on over here. It's literally for Russell Simmons. Like, who cares? I'm good where I'm at. My life is straight. You know? Right. They picked, right. in my opinion, they picked low-hanging fruit. And unfortunately, with Kobe's passing, it was... It magnified it. It, yeah, it magnified yeah. it into, into the stratosphere. Yeah. And for people that, people that get mad at those like us who question them on, well, how come you're not doing, like... It's it's this is one of the times, like I said, I'm not usually one with the comparisons because usually they don't equate each other. This one does. Because you're bringing up a topic on the same level as a person that you are consistently seen giving hugs, big smiles at all the parties, this, that and the third. Dude, she got mad pictures on the Internet with this dude. Yeah. At many functions. Yeah. So many I mean, functions. And you know one of them functions he was taking one of them chicks home. So Yeah. Yeah. Casting couch, unfortunately. All day. All day. But and she knew what the deal was, so Yeah, but that story is done and over with now. You know, hopefully again, Lisa Leslie, man, mad props to you because you you held up True indeed. You held up and stood up for that. And stood up for your boy properly. Properly. Letting them know, well, you had so many years to have asked him this question while he was alive. You didn't. Plain and simple. 
this is a dead issue now. Good thing nobody is, you know, harmed or injured behind this. And that's how it should be. It's just a war of words. And unfortunately, this time, the lady with the big pockets, unfortunately, is on the losing end of this side. And there's so many ways to correct it other than playing the, the victim game because you asked the question. It's just like when these sports reporters come out and ask dumbass questions and then get mad and wonder why athletes don't want to talk to you no more because you ask dumbass questions that are invalid to the situation. And she just got treated like one of them sports reporters and then turned it around like on some, uh, I'm never going to vote for Barry Bonds because he don't want to talk to me no more. That's how you acted. And that's how I, the best way I could put that, man. But nonetheless, we are now up to the final segment of the show, our Black History Month topic for this week. And as you saw on the cover of our Instagram, the question we ask, and JP is going to frame this for us because this is JP's question. It said, would the Black Panthers work in 2020? Now, JP, frame why this question was brought up this week, and then you pass it around to us. And how would you like us to answer it? Well, um, it was framed up for a black history thing. Would the black, as you said, would the Black Panther Party work today? As we're in the 21st century and all the things that are going on around the world and in society, especially in our communities with the same stuff that happened back in October 1966 with the party, Black Panther Party, was founded by Huey Newton and Bobby Seals, I had the question, would the Black Panther Party be relevant and could they be relevant in today's times? So, um, the mayor, we're going to start with you first. Well, what I, do you say? What I, want you, what I want you to do, too, is like, just give us a description of what the Black Panther Party was in its origins and, and how they truly <coughs> operated, how they truly operated in their beginnings and then we'll go off of some of those points, and will it would it work now? Well, the Black Panther Party was founded back in October 1966 by Huey Newton and Bobby Bobby Seals. Um, the Panther Party was actually founded because there was a killing of oh, get the brother's name, but he was killed in Oakland, California, and they ran up having community meetings and stuff. And they had a meeting, and the Panther Party was decided from there. Um, there was a flip of the coin, who was going to be the um, the leader of the Black Panther Party, Minister Information, so forth. And so on October 19, 1966, the party was founded. Um, they did a lot of great things for the community. For instance, the Black Panther, you know, people get, people look at the, the black leather jackets, the, the, I guess the um, the shades, the black berets, and you know the guns and stuff like that there. But really, they did a lot of great stuff for the community. For instance, the the breakfast for children, the, uh, free breakfast programs for children in the community they had. Government does that nowadays, especially in the inner cities with children and stuff. As far as giving them free breakfast and stuff, but the Black Panther Party was doing this back in 1966. They also brought to the to the awareness of sickle cell anemia, you know, that affects a lot of black people especially. They also brought brought that into effect. They also had um, voter registration drives. Um, 
a lot of community work they did. I was also observing the police departments, how they how they patrolled the black community and stuff. So they did they did a lot of things, and they also had a um, we pulled up here. They had a ten point um, program, ten point ten point. What they called the ten point program, and um, let me get to the ten point program. Right here, let me get to the 10 point program. Number one, we want freedom, we want power to determine the destiny of our black community. Number two, we want full employment for our people. Number three, we want an end to the robbery by the white men of our black community. Later, changed to we want an end to the robbery by the capitalists of our black and oppressed communities. Number four, we want decent housing fit for shelter of human beings. Number five, we want education for our people that exposes the true nature of this decadent American society. We want education that teaches us our true history and our role in the present day society. Number six, we want all black men to be exempt from military service. Number seven, we want an immediate end to police brutality and murder of black people. Number eight, we want freedom for all black men held in federal, state, county, and city prisons and jails. Number nine, we want all black people when brought to trial to be tried in court by a jury of their peers or people from the black communities as defined by the Constitution of the United States. And finally, number 10, we want land, bread, housing, education, clothing, justice, and peace. That was the 10-point program of what they believed in. Um, so that was a 10-point program. Um, they also did, like I said, it was, it was a lot of things that they did, man, that was great, man. And um, there were some there were some things that people had problems with the Black Panther Party with what they did. But overall, we got to remember a lot of these people who were in the party were between the ages of anywhere from 16 to 21 years old. I mean, when the party was founded, Huey Newton was 24. Bobby Seals was 32 years old. So it was a very youthful organization as well. Right. And just to go off your question, because you threw it to me first, would this work? Mm -hmm. My answer, unfortunately, would be no. And just off that 10 point program alone, you brought up so much information off the 10 point program that I'm I'm listening to it and I'm saying, okay, you know, freedom for all people in jail. Yeah, that's that that would never happen in this capitalist society. Uh, Black folks exempt from the military. Though I would agree with that because I don't believe that I don't believe in fighting for this country, period, because you're fighting wars over people's disagreements, not over true legitimate reasons. You're fighting over two people's disagreements over nonsense. So black folks being uh, 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 exempt from that, that there's no way that that would happen, because how would the government be able to poach off of the poor neighborhoods? And help people have ways out. You know, it, that, it just wouldn't happen. Um, you know, the free lunch program, as you said, uh, in a lot of cities and states, it has carried over. Um, I know a lot of them started off as just summer, free summer lunch programs, too, especially in New mm-hmm. York City. I know T, TJ might remember them. I never went to them, but I know TJ should remember some of them. The free lunch programs throughout the whole city in the summer oh, yeah. times. In the summertime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? And then now, yep. now you know, with my kids in elementary school, like, you know, the Department of Education, maybe just a few years back, finally started to make all breakfast free. 
because they always stress this the most important meal of the day instead of third you know so uh yeah i mean a lot of the stuff that they have now now granted let me let me put it like this a lot of the stuff that they that in that 10 point program i would say within that top five they have been going they they have been continued in today's times but just by way of of many different many different outlets there's organizations that take care of things like you know uh the 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 voting issues um you know, there's uh the housing issue is forever going to be a problem because we all know the history of redlining and things like that, and and you know the rabbit hole of credit scores and and you know black folks getting jobs due to names or you know because of names on applications things like that. Like the the rabbit holes are big, but there's a number of things that was said within the ten point program that that kind of still do go on today, but they go on by way of little splinter organizations here and there that do what they can for their communities and that is always a bonus because there's at least somebody doing something but when it comes to the guns when it comes to the policing of the neighborhoods that's a big no-no number one you immediately get looked at as a terrorist organization in these days because of america's fear of brown skin first and foremost let me see a you know is let me see a black man walking a, close to my neighborhood. Yeah, they're patrolling theirs, but he got a big ass weapon. Excuse me, Mister Officer. He pointed that weapon at me, and it's that simple. Still to this day, unfortunately, that people can be lied on when shit like that didn't happen. And this also too, this is a problem that I had with Bloomberg back in the day because. Every, almost every community, especially if you go through Brooklyn, Jewish community has their own community patrol ser- uh, service. The Muslims have one. I see it every day when I'm driving home down Third Avenue. And when you're around Third and Union, there's a, a Muslim school up there where you see uh, the Muslim community patrol car right across the street. Even the Asians in Sunset Park have a community control, you know, a patrol board. Mostly everywhere except for the black neighborhoods, which has the NYPD. And I remember back when in Harlem, because there was a ever a time in the 2000s where gun violence was at like a crazy high for some strange reason. The community wanted to start their own community patrol board. Community control, patrol, excuse me. Bloomberg told them no. And why? Because he didn't want any vigilantism to go down. Big air quotes I'm throwing up that y'all can't see right now. So, in my opinion, that was another way of seeing a black person as a criminal. I don't want, I don't want them to take care of what we have, the boys, and the men and women in blue. We have them doing that already, stop and frisk and all that stuff. So, no, we can't have y'all have that. You got to have peace in your community by how we tell you to have it. So, again, unfortunately, no, it wouldn't work. And number one reason across the country, 
they would be first seen as a terrorist organization. And we all know that's dead wrong. That's it. Well, I'm going to go the opposite of what you're saying. Due to the fact that the large amount of militia groups that are in this country to this day and age, and these mofos are armed to the gills with semi-automatic weapons, rifles, guns, vests. These dudes are clowns walking around like they're Call of Duty characters in most cases. Um, I think if we did have a well-established Black Panther Party today, we wouldn't need a movement for Black Lives Matter. We wouldn't need all these other movements because the Black Panther Party would be covering that. I don't think we have a situation like we have in Ferguson if we have a black if we have a Black Panther Party. I don't think we have a situation like George Zimmerman if we had a Black Panther Party. I think it would give these folks pause and to think twice because if we had a dedicated chapter in each of these major cities, sort of like saying holding it down, that if something like that did pop off, they knew they would not only have to look over their shoulder, but the Black Panther Party would be there to enforce and and to uh, be able to patrol that community that would we consider to be under siege at that time. So I think they would be able to pull off more community organizational programs and things of that nature. Now, in terms of housing and employment, I don't know. They, they, they would have to be inside the system to control that. And I don't see them as that type of organization. I see them as an organization to keep the community strong, the kids in that community safe. I think we wouldn't have a big uh, police brutality. Cops wouldn't be getting off at this record number pace and shooting black kids for no reason. And uh, I think that if we did have a solid organization like that in place in these major cities, half the shit wouldn't be going down like that due to the fact that we would have control of our neighborhoods where we wouldn't have this police brutality in play like it is and people getting shot for no reason with their hands up for for no apparent reason. Um, and it would just be out of respect, just like they have respect for the other communities that they patrol, that have their own uh, public community services that pro- keep their neighborhoods and their, and, their, and, their, and their blocks safe. So in that sense, I think it would work. But to get it organized to that level uh, and to start right where we're at right now, it'll be impossible to pull it off um, unless we we could, you know, force our way in. But that's going to be another riot or 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 something bad is going to come out of that. So I definitely can't see it, it starting now. But if we had something in place like that, like it was back in the late 60s, early 70s, and we continued and fought and regardless of what the government was trying to do to us, just continue to push on and push on and press on our presence in our own neighborhoods to keep our neighborhoods and our people safe, then yes, could see us working full function. And we wouldn't be talking about, like I said, this police brutality, these unnecessary killings, 
this unnecessary violence. I think that all to be uh, down in various amounts and ways if we had something like that in place. And that's my two cents on it. And I agree with you, man. I, I like. I think it could. I mean, honestly, and logistically, it's like I think it could work. I think it should work. But because it's black folks behind it, that's where the problem is within this country. That's just my, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not throwing shade at my people. I'm just no, looking, at it, I'm looking at it from that other side of they're we not can't going to control it. Right. right. They're we not can't. going to see us like that. Right. And, and, and just like you said, like all the militia groups, the first thing that made me come that make that came to mind was that nonsense that went down in Montana when them cats took over that federal building in that park. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. they were ready to do whatever to save whatever that nonsense. I don't even remember what the nonsense was about anymore. That's how irrelevant it was at the time. But at the time, it was relevant because it was like you're allowing these white male Americans with guns to walk freely in a state that I learned about recently that Montana, you don't have to have a permit as of the age of 18 to walk and carry one legally. Well, you That's know, crazy. One, but, one, of the things I, one of the things I wanted to say as well is that the Black Panther Party also went into um, the state government where Ronald Reagan was at with guns into the, into the Senate or um, the, into the Capitol in, in California. Um, let me add this. Do I think the Black Panther Party would work today? In these days and times right now, I would say no, because the reason why I say it wouldn't work today is because at least back in the six, late 60s, early 70s, Black people knew who they were. We, we, knew, we, we knew who we were as a group. We also went through more oppression back then as well. Not to say, I mean, of course, there's a lot of oppression that still continues, but it's even more so even back then. Um, one of the things is that we did protect our communities better, especially with the police and stuff. The police have always been violent in our communities and stuff. But back then, a lot of brothers and sisters weren't having that neither. And they were fierce. And you don't have as many brothers and sisters who were fierce as the brothers and sisters were back then. They were willing to die for a cause. Today, a lot of black people aren't willing to die for a cause. Then another thing is, too, we got to take it into effect COINTELPRO. I mean, people will sell you out. You think you had some sellouts back then, you really would have some sellouts nowadays. And, the, and you know, with the, all these cameras they have and all this stuff they have today, the technology and stuff, it would really be hard to pull something like that off today without having the government smash them even more so today than they did back then. And I mean, it was it was bad. Don't get me wrong. I mean, hey, I've talked to people who were in the Panther Party, and it was nothing sweet, man. I mean, I, I can tell you about conversations I had, man. I thought there was a black man outside my house. Some of the stuff they told me that went on within with that they went through and with the authorities and everything. I mean, just imagine every day waking up and there's an FBI car in front of your house every day. You go to the store, they're there. You go to to a different city, they're there. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, I'm not going to say who it is. I had a relative. I put it this way, I had a relative of mine who has a C, who has a CIA file on on him as well for his for his for his actions in the in the, in the Black Power movement. 
So, you know, it, it wasn't a game, man. A lot of people lost their lives. It wasn't a game. You know, people were getting killed. I mean, you look at the murders of Fred Hampton and Jonathan Huggins and, and Mark Clark and Bunchy Carter. And I mean, these were prominent leaders, man. It, it wasn't a game. Yeah, but people are getting killed now, JP. And but this, this is what I'm saying, though. They I mean, get, it, I mean, they, they ain't part of nothing. They just being human and they're getting shot. That's what Cops I'm being called on them. But what I'm saying is, if even even if that was still happening and they fought through all of that, they would have to, the government would have to concede at some point and be like, yo, we can't just keep on killing all these black people who are trying to protect their community from, from racists. Right. You know right. what I'm you saying? Bro, you don't understand. You don't, you don't see, I, and I don't, sometimes some stuff is better to be let off than what we're talking about. You don't know how wicked this government really can get, man. You got to remember what this country was founded on. This country was oh. founded on violence and stolen land. Oh, no we gotta, doubt. We got we to gotta remember that. And the government's not going to... They don't care about black people getting killed. They don't care right now. I mean, who do you think put black... Put See, and I get my mouth in trouble sometimes, but this is the truth. Who the hell put, put crack cocaine in our communities? You know what I mean? I mean, that, that was like an atomic that bomb. That ain't getting yourself in trouble. That's That's noted fact. That's the yeah, fact. I'm, that's that's but, but, I'm saying, but, but, but I'm saying, though, we, we, the same government who sat up here and, and killed a lot of our leaders, anywhere you're looking for Malcolm, the King, COINTELPRO, with Jagger Hoover and them, the government don't give a damn about black people. You they right. They don't care about us right. at all. They don't, they, don't give a care, they don't give a damn about people in general, in my opinion. Just, they, they just care about if you can keep your bank account but, up but, as this high or not. But, but, especially, but, but especially black people, they really don't care because one of the things that Jagger Hoover said, and you could read it right there, he said, we don't want a, we don't want a rise of a black messiah. Yep. And that's why all these leaders are dead that we have. Right. Well, like I said before, we can spin it back to what Bloomberg said. And he thought of us as being vigilantes. And he didn't want no vigilanteism from yeah. within the black but, neighborhood. But 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 yet but yet still, you got you got groups like the KKK running around here. There was a report that came out yesterday. Right There's a town, Cinnamon, and... New Jersey is ten minutes down the road, ten, five to ten minutes down the road from where I live at. That's where the KKK groups is at. But you don't see them smashing them because you know why? They have an agenda of white power. That's why. But let, but let that have been some black people. Forming them groups, they would be smashed right now as we speak. Right, the complexion for the protection. You get the complexion for the protection. But uh, exactly. Let me, but let me, but let me run real, to real quick. Mm -hmm. real quick. Let me let me just say this one last thing. Maybe we can. Maybe I can work on someday some people who were part of the movement. We could have them be on the show and do a whole show with with people like this. I gotta hunt some people down, but um who might have been in the party or had affiliations with it, and we could get them on and talk about well, the times they were in there. If you could find the time outside of 1030 at night, like always, I'm hoping for it. No, this is what I'm saying. Maybe that would be like a weekend thing we can do. Well, like, what, you know, we we'll just meet we'll talk them. about We'll talk about that off air. And again, yeah. you, have to yeah. find, you have to find the time to be able to do that. But let me uh, move we don't on. Need See, we don't need to be talking about our business on the air right oh, now. Oh, oh, now we don't want to talk about the business. But anyway, anyway, let me move on to the Instagram because we had a couple people who chimed in. My my man John Figs 
uh, chimed in and said, well, we already know the answer. I think a couple of us said that already. And then our homegirl Rita from HHDG uh, goes by insane on Instagram. Well, if they hadn't got gotten sold out by their own or infiltrated by the government, I believe they would have had their own businesses as well as strong presence in politics. Exactly. Well, now she wrote the, but I'm sure she means they would have been the start of the new black economy, which is why crackers had to stop them. <laughs> it's, literally, it's literally what she said. There's no, and you know, we're, we're not throwing no shade at none of the good white folks that we know. When she mentions something like that, we're specifically talking about what we already talked about. You know, I, I think I think the government presence will put a strong presence in denying this from happening. You know, we, we still they, they still have an open case against um, what's her name? Asada Shakur. Right. JP will they still She's flash they, they still uh, flash her billboards in Jersey all the time. Wanted by the FBI for her arrest mm-hmm. in the. In the and I'm throwing up alleged involvement in the killing of a state trooper, exactly. and I have to say alleged because Man. they think that she was wrong, but they still haven't proven that. And and she and in, in, in the in the court cases she had, she was railroaded in a court case of all white jury mm-hmm. and everything else convicted her of stuff. Right, but yet Which, still, but yet still, you got these racist devils running around here like George Zimmerman and people like this here, but you don't see no billboard for them that need to be in jail and stuff for the murder he committed and everything, man, please, don't get me started. Yeah, well, don't worry, because the show is about to come to an end now. So this was a tough, this was a dope conversation, man. I mean, the history is out there, folks. Go look up, you know, Google is your friend in this case. Go look up the histories of the Black Panthers. Go look up the histories of our government. And and a lot of things said tonight is should give you basis, if you haven't had it already, to understand why a person like Colin Kaepernick took a knee for an anthem because he felt that that anthem does not rep- properly represent us black folks. And mm-hmm. that's unfortunately why some black folks have the opinions that they do towards this country that we live within. Because this, the, as we mentioned with Gail and, and, and Oprah and their connection with Weinstein, like the stats and information is right there. It's just how open-minded are you to change your mind and really open up and, and understand the other side of things. And a lot of y'all aren't. But with that being said, TJ, you're the late guy. You know it's Yes, good. yes, yes, yes. I want to give a shout-out to my brothers, Dan and John, for another phenomenal show this evening. Even though I came in late, y'all dudes held it down, as always. Appreciate that a lot, getting in on the end here. I want to say shout out to everybody in the group at the Starting Five Podcast on Facebook. Um, like Dan always saying, check us out on the website and the Twitter page. We're loving it out here. And just want to say shout out to everybody supporting. It's been great so far, and I'm loving it. Thanks. JP, you know what it means. Oh, be. man. Yes, sir. Oh, man, I got to shout out to my brothers as well. The mayor for making this thing possible. TJ, of course, with the enlightened conversations and, and everything. Brothers, I, I really enjoyed this show, especially the last part of the show. 
And also thank you to the listeners as well, man, for, for listening and your output. We want you all to keep on supporting us. As you see, we give you quality content that you don't hear from the main. We, we're the voice of the voiceless. So always remember that. You always have a voice with us. But um, shout outs to everybody as well. Looking forward to a great, prosperous, you know, great weekend for all of us. Also, shout outs, rest in peace to Janet Du Bois from um, Du Bois from Good Times, Malona from Good Times. You know, you will be missed and your character will always be legendary. Yes, yes. Rest easy, Miss Du Bois. Y'all know what it is. The Starting Five Podcast.com. Check us out there. Instagram at the Starting Five underscore podcast. Twitter at the Starting Five TMT. We might have to reboot that because it's no longer TMT. Facebook.com slash the Starting Five Podcast. That's our group. Check us out there. And with that being said, for JP and TJ, this your boy, the mayor. We say peace. And we'll see y'all on the next show. Peace.